this is Diana Olenik again, and this is the Alchemia Success Show. Thank you so much for being here listening with us today. We have Deidre Shane, and she is the founder of Growth Boss. This is an amazing company that is leading in mentorship as a program, and it uses the power of human connection, tribe building, and funnels. So I'm very excited because we are in this digital economy, and it seems that there is more and more technology that is coming, and those are amazing tools that we can use for our business. So that's why I'm super excited, and that's why we brought Deidre to the show to explain us about her journey, because it's very interesting, and also about these strategies that she uses in business that have led her to amazing success. Thanks so much, Didri, for being here today. And please let us know how did you get started in this journey? <laughs> Hi. Thanks so much for having me on, Diana. Um, gosh, how much time do we have? Because <laughs> yeah. I've, been, um, so I've been in the business world for um, close to eight years now. Um, I, I'll give you a little bit of background and I'll kind of start because I think it you know, provides some context to start almost from the, the very beginning in a way. I'll try to make it as short as possible. Um, <laughs> but um, so I, I don't know if you can tell from my accent, but I'm actually, um, I grew up in Australia in Sydney and I've just moved to New York. So I've been here for just over a year now. Yeah. Um, came at a very interesting time, obviously. But, um, uh, but my parents actually moved to, um, to Australia when I was a baby. And, you know, like with a lot of first migrants, and I'm, you know, you might be able to relate to this as well. Um, you know, the reason why they did that, um, it was because to give us, you know, their, their kids a better opportunity, um, you know, a better education, um, just a better start at life, I guess, than we could have had, you know, back in my, originally my parents are from Malaysia. Um, and so, you know, I think with that comes a lot of pressure. So, and I think I grew up with um, just this, um, just expectations, not only expectations from my parents and my family, but I think more and more it was expectations that I put on myself um, because, you know, so it was kind of like my whole journey was mapped out for me. You know, I would get into the best schools, I would get the best marks, I would go um, to university and become a doctor. <laughs> I obviously did not do that, but um, that was kind of, you know, that was, that was in the cards for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was on my way, I was on the path. Um, and then, you know, when I was putting together my university um, sort of a pri like, you know, my, when you have to put in your submissions, your applications, um, I realized um, that I actually hated science. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm going to subject myself to a science, essentially a science degree um, when I have absolutely no interest in it. So um, I had to have a very difficult discussion. I don't think my dad's forgiven me <laughs> to this day, but I had to have a very difficult discussion about um, not doing medicine. And I, I ended up doing business and law instead. Um, I didn't end up becoming a lawyer. I went into banking, um, into the finance industry. Um, and I was, you know, I've always been, you know, I've always gravitated towards roles that kind of gave me sort of this, this bird's eye view or, you know, so it was like a lot of strategy roles. I did, um, I was part of the, when the innovation team was first, you know, stood up, I was, I was part of that. Um, so I was always really attracted to sort of, you know, roles that where I could truly problem solve because um, I just love problem solving um, and then what happened was that you know I was here I was like this this junior burger um, I also um, you know because being an overachiever um, I actually worked part-time um, in financial planning while I was at university so I had this background in financial planning and what um, happened was there was this re regulatory reform um, that was happening it was like a once in a decade type thing that was happening in the banking industry in Australia and I was like for whatever reason I was the right place at the right time and I was the only person with enough of the experience to actually lead a stream of work in this big program and what that meant so you know I'm this like essentially a junior burger in this room full of like super senior people trying to implement this program um, and it was it was amazing but I think what I very quickly got exposed to was almost like the the types of conversations they were having the um the, the politics, the back channeling, like all the things that happen in, that we all know happened in a corporate, but I had sort of a front row seat to it. Um, 
at a quite a you know early part of my career and you know being part of that I was like I just can't this isn't for me I just can't imagine having to essentially become almost a different person to be able to make it in the, the corporate world. Um, and so I think even at that point, I had decided that, you know, corporate kind of long-term wasn't going to be for me. I wasn't, you know, destined to climb the corporate ladder and become, you know, CEO or, or whatever, or an, or an executive director of, um, of this, of a, of a company of a big company. Um, and then at the same time, my, uh, my boyfriend, so we were, we were living together. Um, he's now my husband. He was, he was actually studying medicine, um, but he was hating it. Um, and so, and you know, he, so we were both kind of at this, this juncture, this kind of like this, you know, you call it quarter life crisis or, or whatever, where we were like, Oh, okay. We thought that we had this, this path, this plan, and it's just, it's kind of not really panning out the way that we thought it would. So what, what's next for us? Um, so at the time he actually, you know, we just moved out. He really enjoyed um, cooking and particularly because we used to, when we were kind of dating, we would go to this particular restaurant. It was an Italian restaurant that had this one dessert that I loved. It was like this molten chocolate lava cake. So, you know, as soon as you dip your spoon into it, the whole, like it would just ooze chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, and we would, we would literally go to this restaurant just for this dessert um, <laughs> all the time. But, you know, then we, then we moved out and we, we moved further um, away from, from, so we didn't, we couldn't frequent. So he basically made it his, his aim, his goal to perfect this dessert for me essentially oh that's cute <laughs> i know and um and he had a lot of fun doing it and we had you know i was i had a lot of fun taste testing he had a lot of fun <laughs> baking <laughs> um and so we decided like you know why why not do something with this so we came up with the concept of opening a dessert bar oh. which you know yeah filled a need at that time in, in sydney definitely to create you know really um amazing innovative um house-made desserts because at that time there was you know a couple of dessert bars but they were all kind of all they would do is um you know warm up a frozen waffle chuck some chocolate onto it and that was kind of it yeah. whereas we wanted to create something a lot more um yeah a lot more intricate we wanted to create a vibe where people wanted to go to hang out with their friends or to mm -hmm. go on dates you know and not have to feel the pressure of getting a meal as well like they could you know they could get a meal somewhere else and then come after um oh. for dessert. so it was kind of what we wanted to create yeah. Um, and so that kind of started. So, you know, I, I was like, I look back at it now and I'm like, I do not know how we got from, we even got started because to, like we had no experience whatsoever in hospitality, like not even a waitressing <laughs> job, like nothing. Um, we had little to no savings. So, you know, you know, and a bricks and mortar store hmm. is not cheap, right? It's, it's quite expensive um, yeah. to, to set up. So I don't know how we did it. We did it. Um, and then, you know, cause, and, I, and I'm sure when you've spoken to a lot of entre other entrepreneurs and stuff, I, I don't know if they mentioned this, but you know, you kind of like when you're the creator, when you're the, the tinkerer, when you, you know, when you just love the thing, the product, the thing that you bring to life, it's kind of like you get into this zone of like, of like everyone's going to love it. It, like, you know, I'm going to have my doors beaten down because they're all going to want this thing. Um, you get so caught up in this and you forget that you actually have to do this work to actually find your audience and tell them about it. So we completely missed that step. We opened, we were so excited. We opened our doors and like literally nothing. We had no one come. It was like we were doing, we sold maybe two coffees, you know, the first day. You know, we were only, for months we were only doing like, $50 days, $100 days, $200 days. Like, and we're, you know, we're having to pay rent. We're having to pay wages. We're having to pay supplies. Like it was just, it was, you know, a terrible experience. I, you know, to the point where I remember being like, you know, I'd be in the store. So I still had to work full time because I had to fund it. So I'd go, you know, I'd go to my day job. I'd then get on the train, have a bit of a nap on the train, get into, um, into the store, work the night. And I remember just moments of feeling so claustrophobic because mm -hmm. I just, you know, I, I didn't even, it wasn't even about the thing being like potentially failing. It was that I was a failure, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think, you know, we, we do because we, we identify ourselves so much with our business or the thing that we've created that 
if it doesn't work out, then it's like, like that's me, right? It's a reflection on me. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel lonely and, you know, claustrophobic and just like, I just don't know how to get us out of this. Um, and we have to because it's, you know, we've sunk out all of our money into it. I'm still working trying to keep this thing afloat. Um, you know, we had debt because that's the only way that you can get something like that stood up. Um, we had people relying on us. Like we had a team um, that we were, you know, essentially funding as well. So it was like, okay, well, this has to work, but how? Um, and I just remember just that feeling of that, yeah, um, that intense loneliness that intense desperation of like i just don't know how this is gonna work what have we done what like seriously mm-hmm. what have we done mm-hmm. um so that was kind of you know that was when we first started sort of seven and a half eight years ago um and then you know fast forward to now you know we have um in sydney we have three um so it's called the chalk pot um so we have three locations and then we actually also expanded um into burgers so we have two um burger brands as well um and then we made the move over to New York. Um, and that's, you know, there's so many different ways we, I could go with the story. <laughs> but, um, but essentially, yeah, we moved to New York. Um, and now I, you know, I have, I kind of, the, the strategy that I sort of, I feel like I almost stumbled upon with the chalk pot we took and, and growing it and getting out of that, you know, um, sort of that, that desperation. I was like, you know, it'd be really interesting to see if this works. And, and, I, and I know it would for, you know, e-commerce, um, for, product, for other product-based businesses. You know, as you said in the intro, it's, we are in this digital world now. Yeah. Um, and so basically I just, I tested it. So, you know, I have, so I co-founded, you know, a skincare um, brand um, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, that's working. So let me try it on something you know, like notebooks. So, you know, I started, you know, so we'll start, start selling notebooks. Um, and then, so I'm bringing all of that learning into growth boss, um, which is kind of my, my newest thing to essentially help other, help other product-based um, business owners, entrepreneurs basically scale their businesses. Cause mm-hmm. the last thing that I want them to feel is the same kind of loneliness and desperation that I felt um, mm-hmm. when I first started. So that's how we've, I've come. Yeah. We've come here. <laughs> That's awesome. What's what's like the number one thing that helped you to go out of that desperation state Mm -hmm. and try something else for the business to make it work? Yeah. So I think at that time, you know, if you if you think about back, you know, seven seven and a half eight years ago, um, blogging was like was kind of it was it was a big thing but it was and so we we reached out to a lot of bloggers um food bloggers especially to try to get them in and then interestingly they were like um i'm actually we're actually trying this new platform it's called instagram so um i'm going to you know start to post on there and i was like i don't know what this thing is like it's hard enough trying to get my head around facebook at that time (laughs) like let alone this whole new platform um and i had a staff member on my team so she was you know a little bit younger than me um and she was like yeah this this thing it's like you know it's really popular you know with with me and my friends you know we should really actually try to get on it um so i was like okay well why not so she set up a profile it was like if i look back at you know our very original pic photos it was like abysmal it was mm-hmm. <laughs> you know not at all like um you know what instagram is like now um and so we kind of started um so these, these bloggers, so, you know, we had our, our profile, we had these bloggers coming in, they were starting to spread the word on Instagram. And then more and more, we started getting, we started seeing the power. And I remember this one. So, you know, a, you know, a few, a few months down the road, um, my, my, my partner and I were, you know, it was kind of like one of the first nights that we could actually get off. Um, and so we had like a date night and we were out. Um, I think we were at one of our favorite Japanese restaurants Mm -hmm. and I remember him getting this call and and you know the um our team member was like oh you you know can you are you close can you can you come in and we were like oh my god what's happening you know like has something blown up as you know you know um what's going on so you know we like we we run to the car and we're like you know and I'm I'm like I'm driving and I'm and I I get in front we get in front of the store and like the place was packed um, it was just like, there were people waiting for tables. Um, there were, you know, tables were, were like, you know, I think that our team had to actually move tables 
outside and stuff to start to co- to accommodate you know all the people that you know were wanting to be seated I was like oh my god like this wow. it felt like literally overnight and mm-hmm. I think that's the thing it's like with anything that you try I think you know there is definitely expectations that need to be set that you can never be um that it can never work straight away I think that that overnight what felt like an overnight success was just months and months of building of building you know um relationships building you know connections um which is why i'm such a big believe in human connection and then mm-hmm. you know and then leveraging leveraging audiences um to get to a point where there was almost it felt like there was then mass traction um mm-hmm. that happened um and that didn't happen overnight um it was it was a lot of work to get there so that was kind of like okay so that was what i started i, I started seeing and then from there our brand we kind of evolve because you know I think we first started with let's just let's do really incredible desserts that were really tasty that people you know just loved eating and then it kind of then went into that whole you know Instagram Instagrammable um, you know food so then we really played into that Um, so all our desserts became really like you know big and not big in you know that sense but Mm -hmm. like big in the sense of um, looking really Mm-hmm. great like you know it'd have like dripping chocolate it would have you know rainbow ice cream things um and then we started actually collaborating with influencers so they you know and you know we worked with quite at the time like you know now they, they're massive they have millions of followers um at the time they were just like you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands um and we would actually work with them to craft a dessert for them um and then you know um and so being able to think of different ways to actually leverage people's audiences mm-hmm. um and then also add value back to them yeah. was really i think the power um behind what we did um and so that's kind of that's kind of the thinking and you know in in influences probably aren't i mean i think they definitely still have you know um they still have a lot of a lot of power and you can still get a lot of traction with them but they probably aren't as you know seven years ago six years ago even you know it probably doesn't have quite the same power just because of you know it's kind of a whole industry in itself right now mm-hmm. um and i think with that you know comes this a bit of loss of authenticity mm-hmm. um so then now it's really about how do you Yes, one one strategy is to leverage your leverage you know other people's audience. But how do you build your truly build your own audience um, through human connection? And that's yeah. that's kind of almost the the new way or the new lens that we're bringing on onto how we coach our our clients. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. And mm-hmm. in these present times, with all the complexities that now we see, with how you know, it's more difficult because of the platforms, you know, the algorithms. It's, it's more difficult to grow in these platforms. Yeah. How do you think that now is the best way for tribe building? And what means actually tribe building anyways for somebody yeah. who doesn't know what is tribe building? Yeah. So, um, so tribe building is essentially um, getting your own... Um, building your own ecosystem of essentially raving fans um, and they don't need to be raving fans right now but they will become raving fans because the more that they get to know you the more that they get to know what you do the more they get to know the value that you bring they the more yeah and the, the real you you know again the human connection the more that they're going to become raving fans so I guess um, and you know I, I do want to sort of separate so right now, you know, we, we think of our Instagram um, account or our Facebook page as, yeah, we're building community mm-hmm. um, and, or, or, a, or a tribe. Um, and we are in one sense in terms of we're getting a, a group of people following us um, as, as one, one definition of community. But really how I look at it is you not only want people to be, um, to be following you and engaging with you, but you also want them to be engaging with each other. Um, truly engaging with each other because that's when the that's when they actually get more value um, and so and the the way the way that I like to do it right now and you know this is just a tactic it's just a platform and things can change um, but Facebook groups mm-hmm. is, is really the best way to be building a community or your own tribe right now mm-hmm. um, because I kind of see you kind of go 
you know, Instagram is kind of you pushing out content to people and that's, that, that's great. And there's, there's definitely a time and place and people, and some people want that. Um, and it's definitely a great way, great way to find, um, initially find your audience, but then you want to bring them into a place where they, yes, they can engage with you one, one-on-one, but then when they actually start helping each other, when they start engaging with each other, that's actually the true power. That's, that's when you as a leader of that group have added more value to an individual than you could have on an Instagram page or Facebook page. And the reason why I like groups right now is because when you think about the purpose behind or the strategy behind Facebook, let's say, and they, you know, they are the biggest platform by far, you know, any platforms and you go, you know, Facebook page is almost just redundant in a way because they, you know, it's, they, they've changed the algorithm so that it's, you know, you have to actually pay to boost to get your, you know, what you're putting out in front of more people. Mm-hmm. But when you look at their strategy, their strategy is to build communities. Um, and that's why they have groups. And so when you do, when people do post in your group, it gets a lot more reach than you will be able to get on your page um, that you don't have to pay for. So when you can kind of go, okay, well, what is actually the strategy of that particular platform? Where are they heading? Why are they doing things? If you can play into that, that's when you actually make it work for you rather than against you. Um, so that's why I'm actually a really big fan of groups, apart from the, the fact that, you know, you can actually build a true engaged tribe in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is to get the people to believe in you. Like, um, I actually don't have a Facebook group right now. That's why I'm very interested. And many listeners might be in the same situation. How do you get the people interested enough to actually be involved in a group? Because right now there are also so many uh, groups and many people complain about that is so noisy that they don't want to be involved in so many groups. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to be really like, obviously very, um, very, uh, how do I, how do I answer this? So you you have to know what value that you're adding to, Mm -hmm. to people. You can't just, throw a group out there and expect that, you know, Mm -hmm. people are going, because then that's when it becomes noisy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also when you start to, and you have to be very selective of the people that you you do let in because you do get a lot of spammers, you do get a lot of, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, that's when, again, it becomes really noisy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, so the, so the way that I think about it is um, if you can, so, and this is definitely for, I mean, it works for all types of business, but if I think about it from a product, uh, someone who's selling a, a physical product, um, because this is incredibly untapped for businesses that are selling physical products. So there, there are a lot of groups out there that um, are done that have been created by coaches and things like that, and which makes a lot of sense, but very untapped um, for physical products. And so the way that I think about it is what is the, because in every, every result that we're trying to get a customer or an audience is made up of mindset, skill set, and tool set. Um, so what is the thing? So the tool set is, you know, what is the thing that they physically need to get the result that they're after? Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of times for physical products, it is the thing that they're selling. It's the product mm-hmm. that they're selling. So that's the tool mm-hmm. set, but then, and then the skill set is, you know, how, wh- what do they need to know to extract the practical value from mm-hmm. your product? Um, and it could be as simple as, I don't know, like you, you just need to plug it in and and press the on button. You know, it could be as simple as that. Or, you know, if someone, if someone's selling skincare, then it's like, what is that skincare routine? What is, you know, what are the ingredients that actually make it, that is, makes it so powerful. Um, And then the mindset is, you know, that how do you get them into um, the mindset of either wanting to move away from the pain. So that's for a painkiller product where, you know, someone is in, is in pain and the result you're trying to get them is to move away from that. They either need to be in the mindset that they want to do that, that they want to be moving away from the pain. Or if you have, again, what I call a vitamin product, then how do they need to be in that mindset of seeing that their aspiration, that, that, that goal that they are trying to reach for is achievable, that it's mm-hmm. not out of reach. So then if you can really start to coalesce around this mindset and skill set, part of it, and your tool set's kind of like, well, that just, you know, that just rounds out, you know, the, the, the offer it becomes a no brainer for them. But if you can kind of really talk to that mindset and skill set and bring value to people from that perspective, um, that's how I like to think about how you can actually 
add value in a group. And then not just you, but then, as I said, the tribe starts to add value to each other, um, which I think is super powerful. So. so what would be the sources where you can promote a, a group? I'm thinking maybe not just Facebook would be a source, but mm. is it recommended, you know, you say you put a post somewhere in yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn, or how would it be the best strategy to actually invite people to go check the group? Yeah. Everywhere, okay. <laughs> everywhere. So it's just the same as promoting a product or a podcast or, you know, okay. you want to kind of, you know, mm -hmm. um, go everywhere. And I do have a particular strategy around, um, you know, doing challenges and launches and stuff that, you know, it creates a hook for people to, to join your group. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so definitely there's a whole um, strategy around how you do it, but yeah. definitely where you do it is mm -hmm. in all the same place, wherever, you know, your, your channels are, um, you right. definitely want to be promoting it. Um, cause you know, and I, I talk, um, and you mentioned in my intro that it's all about funnels yes. because, and that's part of the funnel. You just want to be funneling people, mm -hmm. um, from wherever, <laughs> wherever they're, they're hanging out, um, to where you are. Um, that's, that's, uh, at it's very basic level, what you mm -hmm. want to be doing. So yeah, you, that's everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, okay. So in terms now of funnels, many people at this point is working organically. And at what point do you recommend that people actually should start creating funnels? Um, should start creating Funnels, yeah. funnels, the funnels. Oh, funnels, yeah. Um, yes. From day one. Um, because you need to, like every effort that you put in, every marketing effort that you put in, every um, person that you find, you need to be funneling them somewhere. And when, I, and when we talk about funneling, it's not just about buying your product. I mean, yes, obviously that's an outcome that we want, mm -hmm. but it's also about, you know, what are the highest engaging ways that we can actually get in front of them? And right now I'm a big believer that it's going to be groups, it's emails and it's on messenger. Um, so if you can funnel them into one or the best is all of those mediums, then that's when you can start to actually keep contacting them, um, keep retaining them, keep adding value to them so that, you know, you're, you're, you're always pushing them towards that result that you're trying to get them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so that's why I would say from day one, day zero, <laughs> mm -hmm. start building or being, start having a strategy around how you build those funnels um, so that you're, you know, you're, you're optimizing them and capitalizing on them as much as possible from day, yeah, day zero, day one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in order to be able to uh, implement these funnels in the mm -hmm. business for the marketing strategy, my understanding is that there is a need of a budget in order to pay for ads. Is the only type of funnels that exist or there is another way or how somebody that is starting out that don't have a budget, big budget for ads, mm. can then implement funnels? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways that you can organically reach people. Um, and, and maybe I should just pause here and, and maybe I, if, I, if you don't mind, if I ask you a question, what your understanding of a funnel is, just that I can con yeah. put in context. A funnel, in my understanding, is mm. um, a way to bring your customers, like a, like a channel to bring your customers mm. through a process that you create, like yeah. a system systematic process yeah. that uh, brings you to your to know more about you or to your offers as you explained so yeah. in that sense one one way to grow would be through organic um, mm -hmm. strategies and the other one through funnels which mm -hmm. I love I love the topic but my question is how somebody in a, a level zero somebody who is studying can implement funnels when they require investment, an important amount of investment for ads so you so people can actually see you. Mm. And uh, the reason why I ask that is because um, I see a lot of, you know, actually in groups, uh, many people 
asking this, how they can apply these funnels, how they can do this uh, work, how can they, they can make this work when they are starting out? Yeah, so, yeah, okay, that's, that's good um, because I think I just needed to understand um, where you're coming from. So the way that I think about funnels is that it is just, as you said, it's a process um, that you take people through. It doesn't matter if you've bought the lead or whether, or if you've organically found the lead, right? As you know, as soon as they enter your funnel, you just need a funnel built that will take them to where you want them to go. So, um, you know, so that's why you can build a funnel without any ad budget. Um, you can build it and you can start funnel, you can start getting people into your funnel mm -hmm. um, through organically reaching out to them. Mm. Um, so, so I, yeah, so I would definitely say that that's why I say you should build a funnel from day, you know, from almost the, the first day, because no matter who you get in touch with, you need to put them somewhere and you want to put them in your funnel. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you're just kind of building a following for no particular reason. Um, and look, some people have had success with that and then they figure out what they want to do. Um, but if, you know, if people are starting with a business in mind, then build a funnel and then whatever effort they put into reaching out to people, at least you know that they're in, on their way into your funnel. Mm -hmm. What would be an example of funnel and system that somebody can use when they are starting out? Yeah, so, um, so for example, the strategy that I, um, I, um, I really like is, as I said, sort of a, a launch or a challenge strategy. Um, so essentially you can um, get in touch with people organically, tell them that you have this launch or challenge and it could be across three days or five days. Um, and if they're interested because, and you'll know, and it's a great way as well to get really good qualified leads. Um, so, you know, you have a conversation because every time you reach out to someone, again, it's all about human connection. So it's all about engaging with someone rather than just automatically dropping a link because that's mm -hmm. very spammy. Um, so you want to get to know that person and you want to know whether what you are offering is something that is, is a result that they are looking for. Um, and if it is, then that's a perfect time to go, hey, I, I actually have this, you know, free, free challenge, free whatever happening is there something of interest um and more often than not they're going to say yeah sure and then that's when you drop your link that's when they go they and then they start entering your funnel mm -hmm. which is then you know they they register for it so you you um collect an email address um i like to hold the challenges in a facebook group so then they join your group mm -hmm. um there's a lot of you know um sort of um upsells it's not really an upsell because you're not selling anything at this point but you know around then joining your messenger bot um, so then that's when you're getting them in on sort of in your, your three, your three pronged ecosystem. Um, and then from that, that launch and challenge, again, as I said, if you can address the mindset and skill set part of it, then following up with your tool set becomes a no brainer. And that's when you lead them into the sale, um, which then gets them to, you know, sort of to the end of the funnel, you can start upselling them truly there. Um, so, you know, I, I use, I use ClickFunnels, so they have a really great way of being able to, you know, you can, you can, um, upsell really neatly through, through, through ClickFunnels. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and yeah, and then because they're part of your group, because you can continue nurturing them because you have them on your email database, that's when you, you continue connecting with them and you can, and that's when you're really starting to build your advocates, your, your raving fans who eventually become your raving sales force because you've been able to get them the result that they're actually after, that they're looking for. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of strategy behind building a, a yeah. funnel. And that's only one funnel, by the way. There's also yeah. all different types of other funnels. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's one um, that definitely people can, can implement from day one. Yeah, I noticed that you mentioned the messenger bot. So that means another also piece of technology that is recommended, do you think, to use for people in order to attract, you know, to get the actual leads into the offer? Um, technologies um, like which ones, for example? Yeah, so I wouldn't say that the bot would get your lead into your funnel. Oh, it's okay. just more of a great way to continue because like, you know, as you said, you know, groups, Facebook, it's, it's all really noisy. Um, mm -hmm. And so even like, I found it a really great way to, as a means of communication to even remind or to, um, 
or to, you know, let them know of something that's, you know, coming up or, you know, to even have a really, um, to retain, like having a retention kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it to be really useful. With the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So not so much for... To, to nurture the connection. Yeah, yeah it, it is more on the, on the back end, kind of similar to emails. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. I like that strategy because I also notice with emails how... I have so many emails. Mm. I don't read many emails anymore. And at some point you get so overloaded, you know, with so many emails that you said, that's it. I'm not going to open anyone. So then people lose the opportunity to show their offers or their uh, advice, their valuable advice, because it's now very crowded. So in another way I'm seeing is maybe Messenger and the books. Yeah, that is an interesting approach. Do you think that is recommended to use bots, for example, if you get a first connection with people, start asking for, you know, the, the, the actual information for the client there or not? Uh, what do you mean by the actual Oh, for email, um, it can like yeah, you you can do. Um, I think email is generally the um the people are so used to giving their email now that that's probably actually the lower um, barrier (laughs) information to get, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for them to sign up to your bot, you do actually have to be providing value um, or you have to, you definitely have to hook them with what value you're actually providing them for them to actually agree to do that because they know, like, you know, like we know that, you know, having them on messenger is actually a, a more intrusive way form of communication because as soon as we put something out then they get that notification yeah. on their phone which mm-hmm. is you know i call it intrusive it's not necessarily a negative thing but it, yeah. it's more intrusive right like mm-hmm. you get you know, um it's like a text message mm-hmm. so um so that's why it's a bit of a higher barrier actually to get them on your bot than oh, on okay. your email so you have to actually provide you know true value mm-hmm. um but you know my whole strategy anyway is about providing value you never want to be doing something just for the sake of doing it yeah there has to be it there definitely has to be strategy thinking a reason why you know mm-hmm. centered around that person that customer that you're serving as to why you're doing any any of this so um yes that's why it is it's definitely a good tool to use it's definitely a good tactic but you know you really have to think about why you're using it and, and how Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I really love the use of all of this, leveraging all of these strategies, tribe building. She's, um, you know, fascinating how communities, you know, form around what yeah. make them yeah. feel identified each other to actually form these groups of people. I love that concept. I really love the concept of human connection, of course, and leveraging also this uh, human psychology as you explained in order to make them feel part of something bigger or that recognizing the value that can be um, found there in these uh, opportunities Um, and definitely funnels is just that funnels seem a little bit more advanced for more people for for many people Mm. it seems more complex when we like just thinking on the idea of landing pages, you know, like Facebook ads, landing pages, sales pages, upsells, all of that, even the terminology for somebody that is, for us, is very easy to understand those those concepts. But for somebody who is starting out that wants to start a business now, it's a little bit overwhelming. So I like the approach that you have when you explain that there are ways to start building slowly from an organic way you don't funnel and yeah. i like when you explain about using facebook groups which is free using messenger which is also free yeah and building your own funnel like that and then kind of like scaling little by little i love that approach i really yeah. like it yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, yeah. We um, and that's why I think you know, going back to you know my kind of day one and you know feeling that that loneliness. I think you're absolutely right. You know, people you know might listen to this and be completely overwhelmed and be like, "Oh my god, what the what are you talking about? What are these funnels? What are these you know?" Mm-hmm. And I totally get it because that was I yes. I've been there where you know people would just say to me SEO and I'm like, "What the <laughs> what is SEO?" Like, yeah. 
yeah. what is, you know? Um, and, and so that's why I think it's just so important. Like, that's why I really love the work that I do in growth boss, because we do that. Like, as you said, we break down each step. We have a strategy. We help people actually really understand why mm-hmm. they're using a funnel and how um, step-by-step completely hold their hands to the whole thing because it is overwhelming when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to learn these things on your, on your own and you're trying to implement it, it's, you know, a hundred percent, it's, it's a, it's a recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, that's the thing that those are the things that you don't want getting you down because, or holding you back because everyone has success in them and it's just about them a knowing that <laughs> and then b um they just need the the right process they just need the right strategy to actually make, to to help them make it happen um and that the last thing i want is for something like this like a conversation like this to make them feel like they can't to make them feel overwhelmed or you know feel like they're backwards or whatever that they can't achieve success um because that's the last thing that's the last yeah that's i think that all of us all of us go through the process of learning. It's just a learning process and we embrace it with curiosity. So it releases yeah. um, stress when you embrace it as with curiosity. It's like, let's see how all of this works. And everybody has the, their skills to learn all of this. It's just that it takes a little bit of time and patience, but everybody yeah. can learn. There are so many resources now, YouTube, podcasts, um, books even that explain all of these um, technologies and the technologies were made in a way that anybody can use them otherwise they wouldn't have the clients right these type of you know funnels as click funnels as you explain they are made in a way that is you build it not necessarily you have to all the time hire people and in another you know level like if if people really want to go that way there are many experts that know exactly how to do this like you with growth balls right yeah that is your special like you're a specialist in this um type of strategy so it's Mm -hmm. amazing that we have this opportunity to dissect a little bit more how is that these general concepts work together Mm. And what is what make them work? For example, human connection. Yes. Because the, the funnels, this is kind of like the technical part to yep. understand how this could work. But yep. the other part, the emotional part, yep. the psychological part is that human connection that has to be there in the funnel so everything works. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So why do you think that somebody should be a million dollar business, Deidre? Why? Yes. Why do, why, <laughs> because they can. <laughs> um, because why not? Why why not aim for you know having a million dollar business? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely doable. Um, it's it just comes down to the determination, the will, but also the the work. Because mm-hmm. this stuff is not easy, as as you've said. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into it. Um, there's a lot of like almost mental work that has to that go a mindset work I would say mm-hmm. I should say that goes into it um because I think a lot of us get defeated first um you know from ourselves like we defeat ourselves mm-hmm. um as soon as we think that we can't be a millionaire as soon as we think that we can't make something that looks like a failure work as soon as we think those things then that it happens that's what happens right so um, so, you know, yeah. Why do I think someone can be a millionaire? Because why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why can't they? Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's my short, my short answer. <laughs> Thanks. And, um, do you feel that have you, you have sacrificed anything in your life or in your, you know, your journey in this entrepreneurial, you know, decision that you made? Uh, have you real, really sacrificed things or what, what, how, how do you analyze now your life looking back? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I never, I never think that I've sacrificed anything. I've had a lot of had tough moments. Um, you know, we at one point had five stores for the chocolate. So we had to close two. Um, so that was really expensive, really heartbreaking. You know, when you have still staff that they don't have a job anymore. Um, yeah. All those incredibly stressful going through times like that um, when you're literally 
making like negative money, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, you know, so I've been through really stressful times. I've been through a time where I found out, um, you know, one of our really trusted team members was stealing from us um, and like a lot of money. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, wow. you know, it's things like that that put, put things into perspective around like, again, going to mindset, you know, that in itself was because one of the things that I, I, I hold really, you know, or I feel like I hold really true to myself is like that I'm a I'm pretty good judge in character. So almost having something like that happen and realizing or thinking that maybe again, am I like, am I the reason why, you know, did I, you know, you start to question everything about, about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really hard to do because it's like, and that's with any kind of betrayal, right? Like it could be a, um, a, a personal, like a, a family betrayal. It could be a, a um, relationship betrayal. Like, you know, you always put on yourself and you always question you at your core um, about your, you know, yourself. And I think so like, so when I think about sacrifice, I don't, I don't think I actually made sacrifices in that, in that sense where it held me back from anything. I think the only thing is that I actually, at the time hated being in those situations for sure. But, you know, now looking back, it's like everything was a learning experience. Everything was an opportunity for me to make myself better, make my environment better, make my context better. Um, everything was an opportunity for me to make a choice um, as to how I could either let it defeat me or let it actually make me a better person. So I, yeah, no, I, I would definitely not say I've, sacrificed anything um i actually think that i have a much richer life <laughs> mm -hmm. you know much richer relationships much richer everything because of this journey that i've been on um yeah yeah that's, that's good and finally before i move on to what projects are you working on right now i'd like to know what is success for you um honestly i I used to think that success was, you know, making a lot of money. And, you know, I think in a, in a way it still is somewhat because it just gives me the freedom. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what it comes down to. The success for me is freedom um, to be anywhere in the world, to be doing what I want to do, be, to be able to truly make an impact um, on, you know, for people. And I think the only way that I can do that is by being financially free. So, yeah, so money will... Is, is an enabler to for me to be able to kind of make the impact that I want in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and the kind of impact is just, you know, honestly on an individual basis um, because I have, you know, right now, like I have clients who may only actually be at the start of their journey, but they're already, you know, even just the clarity that they get from, you know, from even just the, the first part of um, the coaching that I do with them, you know, just seeing the, 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 the joy, the realization, like, I just love, I love that feeling. I love that feeling, feeling of knowing that I've made an impact to however small on someone's life, on their business, like on, you know, um, so I think ultimately that's what success will look like for me is just how, how many people can I impact <laughs> mm -hmm. at what level? Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. So what projects are you working on right now? What is, um, you know, in your vision, what things, what things are you, um, cooking there in the background? <laughs> I feel like I have, I think that always have lots going on, but, um, yeah. so obviously my, my signature program is growth boss Academy. So that's mm -hmm. kind of to help people, you know, really scale the businesses. I'm actually also working on, um, something that starts right back at the beginning, even just to help someone, who might have an idea, might not even have an idea, um, but just knows that they want to get into sort of an e-commerce business. Um, so really get going literally from zero, <laughs> um, helping them go, helping them go from zero to, to six figures. Um, so I'm working, I'm working on that now. And I'm also working in sort of conjunction with that. Um, I'm sharing my own story around, I think I mentioned that we're literally doing all of the things, this whole strategy, this whole process about, building funnels about human connection, about getting a product or a business off the ground from zero. We're actually, um, we've created our own podcast around it. Um, so taking people on that journey with us as we go through that journey. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a new, that's also another project that we're working on as well um, to kind of 
bring to life as we, you know, right then and there. So rather than looking back at, you know, what was, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, it's like, actually, this is kind of what we did last week. And this is what we tested. And this is what we've learned. And this is what worked and what didn't. Um, so that's kind of it. That's, um, that's something that we're working on as well. Oh, that's awesome. So how can anybody get a hold of you in order to get, you know, to know you better, to get the value, the immense value that you offer to people or to actually uh, check out your program? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of ways. So um, we're actually launching our podcast next week. So that's going to be, that's called Making It. Um, so that will, that, as I said, it's going to be the, the truth, the, the realness behind, you know, getting um, a business from zero to, to six, to six figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also um, I hold, um, I'm actually holding a free five-day boot camp in a couple of weeks time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if anyone wants to check it out, they can check it out at www.thegrowthboss.com forward slash bootcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, register, join me, um, see what sort of the strategy is all about. Um, but like it's not just about seeing the strategy, but you actually get so much, like you can actually implement everything that I'm talking about across those five days um, straight away in your business. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great way to know, to learn more. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So is there anything that you wish I had asked you today, Zudri? Uh, no, I feel like we've covered, um, covered quite a lot. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, thank you. Thanks for, um, for this chat. Yes, thanks so much for this wonderful opportunity. It's always amazing to see the journeys of many entrepreneurs and all the value, all the strategies that they have implemented themselves and that now they decide to open up and share with the world. Thanks so much for um, your time and for your immense Uh, knowledge and expertise in the topic of tribe building finals and human connection thanks so much Deidre you're welcome thank you thank you see you in the next episode bye for now